All right, let's not officially start, like, doing the podcast just yet, because I am literally in the bathroom. I'm Harry Waxford. I'm Chanel Zubowski. On episode two of Criminal Minds, also called Compulsion, we're all going back to school, but instead of pool parties at Rodney Dangerfield, we're dealing with an arsonist. Someone is setting multiple fires all around a campus in Tempe, Arizona, and the gang needs to fly out there and figure out why this doesn't quite fit the profile of an arsonist. Also, we find out what happened last week, whether or not Gideon got murdered. I love how you call them the gang. That's my favorite. Yeah, the gang. The gang. The like, the you gang. Know. Yeah. I'm sure We're you, like all of us, wanted to figure out whether or not Gideon had gotten murdered last week. So we're going to break the ice right now, and then you can turn off the podcast. That's right. did not get murdered last week. Nope. Still alive. Still alive. Still alive. Um, we don't actually know yet at the beginning of the episode what it is he did. We just catch him sort of like hanging out at the FBI office explaining that he got away or whatever. Or I guess we, have, we start with a flashback, right? To Lucas Haas, who I found out this is like – I found out via a podcast that I listened to, which – doesn't exist anymore, but you should all go find it called Making It with Ricky Lindholm. Um, yeah. And Nikki, Ricky, uh, I love her so much. She did an interview with Pretty Matthew Kessler, who plays Reed. And uh, I, what I can extrapolate, although like first names weren't actually used, was that he and Lucas Haas may have auditioned for the role of Reed. Um, and oh. he got it. And I, yeah, I know. So this could have been like a whole different world. Of Reed, like yeah. when James Kahn wanted to play Michael in The Godfather, right? And from right, that, we same. get this powerhouse Sonny Corleone performance. It's the same thing. It's, it's literally the exact same thing. The very same. So when Gideon's a prisoner of Lucas Haas, he says, I know a lot about you. I know how you do it. I know you can't stop. And I know something that no one's been able to tell you. I know why you stutter. I know we in the audience are like, why does he stutter? Because that, I think, is probably the biggest mystery in the criminal minds of Earth thus far. Yeah. Is why does the footpath killer stutter? I totally care. And we're going to learn that at the end of this episode. But yeah. first, Gideon is safe and sound back at Quantico, chatting with FBI trainees about how good he is at his job. Yep. And quoting James Reese, who I guess is a criminologist or something. I've never heard oh, of yeah. James Reese before. Yeah. Do you know who James Reese is? I, I don't. Uh, I might look it up while we're talking. That's fine. He, uh, he quotes James Reese to explain that, among other things, the FBI is trained to look for love. And uh, I presume that's what Gideon was doing, but in all the wrong places. For example, yes. at a gas station run by a serial killer. I think James Reese is a writer. Um, okay. Not a criminologist, but, you know, I mean. So L shows up and Gideon's like, do you know why the footpath killer stutters? And she's like, no, obviously I don't know why the footpath killer stutters. He's like, well. You got to figure it out because I'm not telling anybody. Gideon comes back to the the bullpen. I don't really understand what their workspace is exactly. It looks like the office that Joseph Gordon-Levitt worked at in 500. Oh shit! Yes. That like, yes. that sort of that open office plan is what it looks like to me. Yes. And so Reed um, is playing chess at work. Gideon yeah. and Reed are playing chess, and even though Reed is a genius. Gideon. Gideon is much better at chess than him because Gideon is the ur genius. Yeah. And uh, Reed's like, fuck, man, why do I always lose at chess to Gideon? And Morgan's like, you need to learn. 
to think outside the box, which I don't know if that means that Morgan can beat Gideon at chess. We don't really see that. Because I don't know, maybe Morgan's great at thinking outside the box. Reed just has like 30 PhDs or whatever. Right. And still can't beat Gideon at chess. I have a, I have a theory about that. What's your theory? I think it's because Gideon's Jewish. Oh, yes. The only thing that makes sense. Yes. It's true. It must be because he's Jewish. Reed is such a little brat in this episode at this moment about this, though. Like, Gideon's like, look, if I, whatever, I don't know anything about chess, but the second he, like, points out what's wrong with Reed, Reed is like, eh, eh. Yeah. Yeah, he does that, actually. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that Reed spends the entire episode trying to figure out how to beat Gideon in chess. Yes. I think that's his main motivating factor in this episode, is how can I beat Gideon in chess? I'm pretty sure that Gideon is the smartest person that Reed knows. Yes, I think that's entirely true. And he's like, but how? Yeah, Reed's oh. like, how many more PhDs do I need to get in order to beat Gideon at chess? And the answer is right. infinity more PhDs. You can never have enough PhDs to beat Gideon at chess. Never happen. So this episode, yeah. we also, this, this scene, we also meet JJ. Um, yeah! She seems cool. She says her specialty is bureaucratic not. And I, like, yeah. I would love to know what her job title is with her specialty being bureaucratic not. Yeah, I don't know what I so like. I'm pretty sure that for the rest of Criminal Minds, her title is something like liaison. Like she brings okay. the cases to the team. Oh, that makes sense. So she's like that's okay. That, that makes a lot of sense to me. So probably when she shows up, when Jade is like, "Hey, gang, it's me," um, she is going into Greg from Dharma and Greg's office to tell him about the arsonist, which is why, like, moments later, Greg from Dharma and Greg is like, hey, everybody, i got to show you this thing from Arizona. <laughs> right. Right. JJ's like, I've untangled this knot. You have to go to Arizona now. <laughs> right. Um, okay, that totally makes sense. Because Greg is like, Greg from Dharma and Greg, Hotch, is like, hey, gang, let's get into the conference room. I want to show you a cool viral video and so they go into the conference room and it is not a cat playing guitar which is what everybody had hoped instead it is a fire yeah it's a kid Um, on fire okay and this scene has it it it, it's the first appearance of a line that's repeated multiple times in the episode because they keep re-watching the video of the fire and there's just one thing that one of them says during the fire that nobody ever addresses on the episode, and I think it's really weird. And that thing is, so this, the premise is right, it's two college students looking out the room of their dorm um, at a fire across the street, right? They're like, fuck, it's a fire, and then their room catches fire. So that's the point. Right. Um, here's the question. They're looking at the fire, and one of the dudes, his, we learn later that his name is Matthew or whatever, one of the dudes is like, oh, don't worry about it, there's always fires during Rush Week. What the fuck is going on on that point, Kim? There are always fires during rush week. How is that acceptable? What, like, what is wrong with everyone on this campus that they have nonchalantly agreed that during rush week, there's going to be fires? I mean, listen, I went to a very large state university with a large fraternity population. Okay. I never saw a fire during rush week. I think if I had seen one, I might have called the 
police and not been like, hey, it's normal? Yeah, I mean, you probably would have the first time, but on this campus. Right. So eventually they were like, well, Rush Week always fires. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. Right. No, I'm with you. All right, so then they get on the plane, they can head to Arizona. And like usual, in order to get onto the plane, Gideon needs to quote someone famous, so he quotes Einstein. Right, and it's Einstein. And it's a quote about thinking outside the box, because that is kind of the theme of this episode. Right, it's imagination is more important than knowledge, and then some other part. And so while we're on the plane, they're sort of chatting about what they know about arsonists and what they know about chess. And they know that a serial arsonist is usually motivated by, like, a loss of job or a loss of love. And female arsonists, who are much more rare, their motive is revenge. It doesn't play out on this episode, unfortunately, but I do want to no. do an episode about a female revenge-motivated arsonist, or just more arson on the ABC series Revenge. So they arrive on campus, and we, we have one of my favorite Gideon moments of the episode. Ah. Where they, they get out of their huge SUVs, and Gideon screams at them, like loud enough that <laughs> anyone on campus can hear. He's like, everybody... Hide your badges. Don't make it obvious that we are FBI. <laughs> try not to look official. And they're all, like, paralyzed. Yeah. And he says, try to look less official. They're all wearing suits. They look like people wearing suits. Right. Everybody's That's wearing suits course. except, right, Reed is wearing, like, my most hated of oh. outfits, which is the short sleeve, like, plant, like formal shirt. It's, it's disgusting. And then Gideon's just wearing Eddie Bauer again. Gideon dresses real casual, pretty much the whole time. He's like, I don't give a fuck, you guys. I will wear whatever I want because I'm smarter than all of you. Yeah, and he's wearing, like, yeah. button-down, a bunch of the, butt- to the buttons open, like an Israeli. Yes! <laughs> he's like, oh, can you see my chest hair in this, in this scene? Can you? All right, wait. Yeah. Now you can. All right, really? let's go. So they take, okay, as far as I can tell, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think they sort of take over the security office on campus. Um, I think so. in some room full of like TVs, right? Yeah. It looks like it reminds me of like um, what I always imagine the inside of like mall security to look like. Yes. Yes. Totally. So they're trying to figure out what the deal is with the arson. They figure out that there probably is going to be a fire today based on when arson tools were most recently stolen. Stolen. Yeah. Um, yeah. They can't figure out why an arsonist would set a fire he wasn't able to watch since the fires thus far have been, like, in rooms that an arsonist would not be able to, like, witness the fire happen. Then uh, I think Reed compares people to chess pieces. He's like, for an arsonist, people are like chess pieces. And He's he so obsessed. He's a yeah. sore loser. Reed, Reed is a sore loser. I'm disappointed. Uh, yeah. But Reed, if you need to work on your chess game, you could stay home. We don't need to charter a flight out to Arizona so that you could play chess. Hey. Also, oh, my God, your hair. Like, this is just... Oh, boy. This- I'm, like, really fixated. This is, like, a problem I have. Everyone should know this. Like, probably, like, 80% of my criminal mind's energy is about Reed's hair. Like, it's devoted. I spend a lot of time thinking about it because I don't understand what – I get, like, you know, you go through, like, hair phases and stuff. But there was just a point in watching this program where I was, like, what did Matthew Gray Googler do to a hairstyle? Like, is there something that we should know about? Has there been a crime committed secretly? Did he, like, what is wrong? Like, why can't they just select a hairstyle, continue to work with that, as opposed to, like, this, like, weird, like, his hair is half covering his forehead and, like, 
like aggressively tucked behind one ear and there's kind of like a wing in the back. Yep. And I just can't. I can't. Okay, that's all I have to say. No, I have to say, I mean, I feel you on that. Like, no offense, are are you a genius? I mean, no, and... So maybe you don't know uh, what geniuses need to do with their hair. I guess. Reed is a genius. I mean, I don't don't play chess, and I don't know how to play chess, so I don't really know what... Right. You will never checkmate Gideon because of your hair. Ever. Ever. So Morgan goes to the Dorn building and spends, like, a little time just sort of talking to himself, which is kind of, like, bad. He doesn't have any, like partner to bounce ideas off of. And it's like, hmm, why? But the whole time he was standing in the courtyard looking up, I was thinking, like, I know this is supposed to be a campus that's in Arizona, but this looks like a court, like, this looks like they legit, like, took over an apartment courtyard in, like, Los Angeles. Yes, I agree. It reminded me of, like, the Melrose Place set a little bit, where there's, like, all these, like, balconies, and there's, like, there should be a pool, but there's no pool. And so they're like, maybe it's a student, but maybe it's a professor. And L immediately is like, it's definitely not a professor, because professors are very confident people, and an arsonist is not confident. I don't think L has ever met a college professor. Gideon's, like, walking around campus with the dean of students, and they're just, like, chit-chatting about arson or whatever. As you and do. then Gideon sees somebody light a cigarette, and he's like, lighting a cigarette? Oh, right, fire. Interesting. And then he sees somebody using the water fountain, and he, but the water fountain is busted. He goes, the water fountain is busted. And he, like, immediately pulls the fire alarm because he... Yeah, he knows. But it's too late, and a professor gets his face burned up. And Gideon tries to, like, rush into the fire to save the professor because Gideon is always trying to die. And yeah, Morgan, he is always trying to die. It's true. Yes. Morgan's like, no, he, the guy's already dead. Let it go. We've got we to gotta get out of the building. Gideon's like, whatever, I'm going to get a murderer to kill me one of these days. He, like, runs into the building and, like, breaks down the door of the professor, and the professor's just, like, straight up lying across his desk being dead. And then they go outside, right? Like, oh, Morgan, like, right, like wrestles Gideon out of the building. Right. It's Gideon so melodramatic. He really does. He's like, why won't you let me? So they're like, Elle, you got to take a bunch of pictures of the people in the crowd. Um, yeah. And she does, but it's nobody. And this is, like, all I kept thinking during this scene was, like, look at all these extras. Like, the call yeah. for extras, like, everybody. Like, everybody in this, everybody, just come here and run. There's yeah, so many extras. Of, there's all this footage of buildings being evacuated. And after uh, Gideon's done debriefing with the dean of students, someone, some jack-off from the science department is like, uh, I think we know how the fires were set. Yeah, I'm, like, uh, maybe 18. He's got it. These kids, I don't know, these kids have it together more than, like, I was, I don't know, I was like, do you? I well, I mean, not too big of a spoiler, but not all of these kids have it together. Okay, true. So I guess I was thinking, like, they're all very calm. Like, people are okay. setting, like, random fires, right? And they're just like, I gotta do, I gotta go to lab. Like, I'm a research assistant. Like, I'm taking my job very seriously, even though, like, I could die. That's what being a research assistant is all about. It's about That's true. It's about life to research what is it? Three. The three body problem. Three body problem. Yeah. As an undergraduate. Um, okay, I'm gonna. Yeah. <laughs> and so then they we go back to the security office or whatever, where the gang's still trying to figure out the motive. And mm-hmm. Morgan illustrates the idea of what fire is by <laughs> like holding up a big lighter a few times. Yeah. Really like that. He like holds up a big lighter just in case we forget that we're talking about fire. Right. And then we right. later get 
like moments later, uh, Gideon is out on the campus, and a campus patrol dude runs into him. He's riding a bike around, being like, yeah. he just is a biker cop. He's a biker cop. That's what this kid yeah. is like with people. That's right. He's a biker cop. Totally. Okay. And Gideon profiles him because Gideon can read the Chinese on the guy's necklace because Gideon can read Chinese. I don't know. I think it's maybe it's because, like, I didn't really pay that much attention, like, watching the show when I was first watching it for not recapping purposes. But, like, this just it never annoyed me as much as it currently is. Like, do you think you could be friends with Gideon? Do I think I could be friends with Gideon? Yeah. I can't be friends with anybody who would beat me at chess. I, but I love Gideon's like, yeah, I can read Chinese. Of course I can read Chinese. Of course I can read Chinese. Yeah. Um, so, so then they go to party with the science youths, and it's yep. Greg from Dharma and Greg and Dr. Reed, and <laughs> neither of them can really communicate with the science youths at all. But immediately, I see Jennifer Hall in the back of the class. What? And I'm like, oh, okay, so if it's Jennifer Hall, then she's probably the one who did it, because she's the actor that I most recognize on the set. Oh, shit, it's like Law and Order. Yeah, it's exactly like Law and Order. I, I looked her up on IMDb later just to see what she's been up to, because I really like her a lot. She hasn't appeared in anything since Up All Night in 2012. Oh, Jennifer Hall. It's such a bummer. Love Jennifer Hall. Okay. She was a guest on the show House. So I had no idea that she was a famous person. I just thought she was, like, you know person in the fight that she had done any other work no clue no clue because also i was so focused on the fact that like hotch just like throws reed under the bus in the scene he's like you're their age you can communicate with them and reed is like uh and it's just excruciating like there's nothing about this scene that is not completely cringeworthy i like couldn't i couldn't watch it i was like this is so yeah it's a very (laughs) uncomfortable scene um, and so they get a recording on the tip line that says, I do this yeah. for Karen, they think. And then yeah. we get to see your best friend. Yeah! Garcia! Um, yeah, chilling in a room with a thousand computers. Where it's so dark. It's yeah, so okay, dark. so she and Morgan are, like, extremely flirty. Yes, yes. Um, don't spoil it, but they definitely fuck later on the show, right? I mean, I'm trapped now. But she's like, if I figure this out, can we fuck? And Morgan's like, you, if, we, if you figure this out, you can fuck Dr. Reed. And she's like, that man's unfuckable. So, it's so mean. Oh, it's so mean. And so then we get more scenes of people being like, why did the footpath killer stutter? And oh, my God. In my opinion, they are too busy to be worrying about why the footpath killer stuttered. Correct. Like, let's like, keep our eye on the ball here. Fires. Yeah, thank you. And then I really like a, a brief moment of Gideon in the math department staring at the three-body problem on the wall and definitely mm-hmm. in his head. Yeah. <laughs> like, goodwill hunting yeah. it. Yeah, he is goodwill hunting it. That's great. Yes. And then, okay, so this is a really good consistent moment for Dr. Reed's genius because they're like, what if it's not Karen? What if it's Karon, which is fucking Hebrew? Dr. Reed's like, yeah, I am fluent in Hebrew. <laughs> I know what this means. <laughs> and Gideon is also fluent in Hebrew, as he is in all languages. Yes. Uh, it means God's burning anger. And as soon as they, re- they get onto that, Greg from Dharma and Greg, who in my opinion is one of the least helpful members of the team on this episode, just start listing every religious fire thing he can think of. He's like, uh, yeah. in Christianity, there's 
fires and then it puts an Islam fire means this. And it's like, what is, all right. I guess put it all on the whiteboard, but Dr. Reed's going to erase it. It's like 20 minutes. Right. And like this, I thought that scene actually was kind of chaotic because like everybody is just sort of like brainstorming out loud. And then there's like this awkward, not awkward, whatever, but there's just like a moment where like, I think they're getting food and someone hands Reed something and he's like, I don't want this. <laughs> so I wrote, no one knows what they're talking about. And also Reed hates salad. Yeah. So I don't know if that's salad. supposed to be like Genius. character, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, don't – geniuses can't eat salad. I don't know what that was about, but, yeah. Well, and we get this awesome read scene where he's um, just going through the the viral video of the fires again and again looking for clues. Yeah. And he finds a clue. But in the middle of the scene, um, Gideon opens the door and looks at Reed and says, keep thinking, and then closes the door and leaves. <laughs> like, you want to talk about, like, Fucked up father-son surrogate relationship. Seriously. So, like, 100%. all Gideon's advice to read is keep thinking. Keep. It is like, you know what a genius would do in this situation is think. 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 And Reed is like, fuck you. I mean, not really. He's, uh, it's not clear that he's thinking that, but I feel like his little read insides are like, God, I hate you. No, in, in his head, right, he's probably, like, translating Kosi Fantuti into Portuguese <laughs> or something. Sure. Right. Or whatever um, it is geniuses do. I don't know what they do. I mean, he's probably still mad about the chess thing because he can't get over it. Right. He's thinking um, about how to beat Gideon in chess. He's just like, I don't care if someone else dies in like 15 minutes. Like, really, the important thing is here is someday I can beat you in chess. Did the Faulkner quote happen yet? Um, or is I that right that. Okay, no. The Faulkner quote happens um, later. Right, at, right towards the end. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just kidding. All right. Keep going. No, it's cool. And so Reed's like, oh, the doorknob turns three times. And then he sees three the number times. three everywhere. And suddenly we're in the Jim Carrey movie, the number 27. Um, <laughs> and it's threes all the way down. Everywhere. Uh, and now Greg from Dharma and Greg finally, like, has something helpful. He's like, wait a minute. Threes? Jennifer Hall from the science department was all about the number uh-huh. three. She was, like, messing with her ring three times. And she said the word sugar three times. So that's probably it. And that's when they realize, of course, that it's not an arsonist. It's someone with obsessive compulsive disorder who is enacting it through arson. And that's why the profile is it said. Yeah. And it's, and it's, she's driven by, I mean, I'm not sure what the timing of this, but it's driven by religion. Right. Um, because is this before, I can't remember, is this before or after Gideon runs into that kid, the biker cop, again, and says, you're not wearing the necklace? This is after. So there's a scene where he runs, where Gideon and the biker, the biker cop kid run into each other, and Gideon's like, oh, your girlfriend broke up with you. Right. Yeah, and the kid's like, oh, yeah, we broke up, whatever, and he's like, oh, he says, I, I'm, I'm into someone else, and Gideon says, what's her name? And the kid's like, Brian, and Gideon's like, oh, shit, gay people, and then, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, but this is the, this is the important part, is that, she, that when he says, he says, how did she take it, and biker cop says, other than telling me that homosexuality is a sin and I'm going to burn in hell, it went great. And that's when Gideon's like, religion. Oh, yes. Um, Yes. And so immediately, right, they figure it out, and they run over to Jennifer Hall's apartment. Uh Uh-oh. And uh, Morgan and Elle have an amazing exchange because they open the door, and it's uh, it's an obvious serial killer apartment. Like, there's no question this is a serial killer's apartment. Uh. Ah. And so the first thing Morgan says is, 
OCD. I'm thinking more like OMG. Ah, yes. Great line on its own. But L does not know what OMG means. I was like, what is OMG? Yeah. Uh, I loved that. Kind of weird. Yes. Kind of weird that she wouldn't know what that was. Well, it was 2005, right? None of us knew it. Oh, anything. that's true. This is like before, like, um, yeah, like Internet speak or whatever. It's true. Yeah, this is a, a mere year after Facebook launched. Yeah, this is an obvious serial killer apartment to the degree that I'm like, just, I just feel like the, the, the people who, people who decorate the set people, like, I don't know, I I don't have a serial killer apartment, I've never been in one, but also like, I just feel like they went too hard with this. This is like, I was thinking similar, I was like, I, like, how do you like, wake up in this apartment in the morning and be like, yep, this is where I live. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so among the other uh, frightening things about the apartment, they find 30 homemade bombs. 30. 30. Which I guess is a multiple of three, but it's also Ooh, good a huge number of bombs to have in your apartment. <laughs> So I understand that because we have FBI profilers, we know that this woman is motivated by the number three obsessive compulsive disorder and so on. But in another, perhaps more significant sense, isn't she kind of a terrorist? Um, Isn't she religiously motivated destroying, like, buildings and stuff? Yeah. I don't think kind of a terrorist. I think terrorist, yeah. I'm just thinking, like, 30 bombs. That's like, yeah. that's so many bombs. Yeah. Um, it's like, Gideon, it's like if you went to Costco and bought some bombs. Like, yeah, I'll tell you what, that's what it's like. It is like having a Costco card for bombs. You're absolutely right. Man, that is a day that you don't want to fill up on the Costco uh, gas station. No. You're driving home with the 30 bombs. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I don't know. Is there, has there not been, like, apartment inspections or something? I don't know. Yeah, just, right? Is, they went really hard. Was, yeah. Yeah. So Gideon, I love, I 100% unironically love Gideon's strategy, which is we need to pull every fire alarm on campus right now. So everybody yeah. involved, all, like, everybody on the team and everybody on the school security team is pulling every single fire alarm on the entire campus. Hmm. Um, which just, like, imagine seeing that. Imagine, like, being on campus, not knowing what's going on, and then seeing people rushing around to pull every single fire alarm. Um, that's all. Anyway, and then we see yeah. three students enter an elevator, and that's how we know that they're going to die. Three of them. Right. And I, at this point, I was thinking, like, this show has taught me to be afraid of a lot of things that, like, you would never think to be afraid of, really. And the elevators for me are, like, kind of up there in terms of fear. Like, before this show, I was, like, not a fan of elevators. But this is, like, I think the beginning. I mean, in the first episode, we learned to be afraid of, like, the Internet and, like, buying a car. Yep. Yep. And in this episode, it's, like, right. And in this episode, it's, like, elevators and apartments, fire. I don't know. And math. Right. Oh, and getting gas. Getting gas, right. Right. Um, stutters. Yeah, stutters. So the elevator gets stopped on the third floor. So I, what I wrote down is this is going to be grim. <laughs> um, 
kind of was. <laughs> so they're yep. like rushing to the to try to figure out where Clara is. Clara is Jennifer Hall's character's name. Yeah. And before they go, uh, Hotch takes Gideon aside and says, like, "Gideon, listen. If you find her, don't try to convince her to stop. I know that's what you're going to do, and it's not going to be helpful. So don't even try." And Gideon's like. Whatever, we'll see what I do. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. Who knows? I'm a genius. They also learned about Clara earlier, right, that she was in, she was saved from a house right. fire when she was little? Yes, and her address was 333. Yeah, and her mom said something like, my daughter has been, like, tested by flames. Right. So then you're like, oh, she got this from her mom. Her mom. Yeah, so this is all, this is like, yeah, this is, this is bad on so many yeah. levels. So they they arrive at the science building because they figure out the, the third floor of the building is under construction. They're like, third floor? Where have I heard the number three before? Um, and so, uh, Greg from Dharma and Greg is the first one to catch up with Jennifer Hall. And he he's like, you know this isn't rational. Um, don't do this. And she's like, I don't know. I think I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> right. And uh, so he shoots her, and Gideon stops the flare from catch setting the three students on fire who are doused in gasoline. And they, and they save the day. They save the day. I have to say, one, one of the moments that I thought was, like, the most chilling in this episode was when the kids are trapped in the elevator. I'm sorry, the young adults are trapped in the elevator. And Clara, like, opens the top of it, and they're like, oh, good, it's Clara. This is great. She's going to save us. And they said, is the, is the apartment, is, is the building on fire? And she says, not yet. Not yet. Oh, my God. Oh, my so, God. Like, scary. Absolutely. I, as soon as they figure out that they, as soon as Clara's gone missing on campus, this episode yeah. gets extremely scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now we're back on the airplane heading home. We're back on the plane. And Elle, and Elle is like, hey, Gideon, I figured out why the footpath killer stutters. And he's like, oh, yeah, why? And she goes, nobody knows. So you don't know. Yep. Um, Trick. And then we cut back to the scene, right? Uh, back to yep. when uh, Gideon was partying with the footpath killer. They figure out, first of all, that he had 13 victims, and they only found six of them. So that's fucked up. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Gideon was messing with the footpath killer in order to get him to stutter work so that Gideon could wrestle his gun away from him. <sighs> Never not thinking, Gideon. Never not thinking. Never not so true. Um, and yeah. so now is when we get the Faulkner quote. Yeah, oh, now is when we get the Faulkner quote. One of the things that distracted me during the conversation when Elle was like, you don't know anything. You're not as smart as you think you are. No one knows why anyone stutters. And Gideon's like, eh. Yeah. Um, was that Elle is wearing, like, it was like a monochromatic business casual, like, jogging suit. I don't know. It was like, it was like the, the top was like a polo shirt that was gray and her pants matched. And I was just like, I couldn't, I don't know why, but I just couldn't stop, like, looking at it and thinking, like, how, how could anyone let this happen? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. I mean, well, to be fair, again, this is 2005. That's true, it is 2005. It's so old, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, to put it into perspective, 2005 was the year that I graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, you know, I've got 14 grandchildren. Right, right, right. So it's a lot of... Right. Stuff. It's true. 
I don't actually have any grandchildren, but I do have a daughter. Right. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Reed and Gideon are playing chess on the airplane again. Yeah. And um, Reed almost beats Gideon, but not even close. And Gideon's like, and he you're getting better. Little, you're getting better. And Reed has this, like, at one point he looks up at Gideon with this, like, little kid face where he's just like, I've got you. And then Gideon is like, nope. <laughs> like, yeah. basically, like, nice try, just, fucker. <laughs> like I, I, I was waiting for him to just like make a move and then just like in this dramatic scene like real housewives of New Jersey style just like flip the chessboard and just yes. like walk off just walk off but he doesn't think, and he's like keep trying Reed I think there's a lot of ways that this show and real housewives of New Jersey could stand to learn from one another I, yes I agree so we end with just some really nice footage of the airplane flying over some mountains. Flying over some mountains. Taking the gang back home. Back home. And I, I often, like, I often at the end, um, when they're, whenever they're on the jet, I often like to, like, take note of what people are doing on the plane when, like, after they're coming back from a case. Like, sometimes people are reading or, like, Morgan uh-huh. has, like, his headphones on or whatever. Or, but usually someone is sleeping in, like, some really weird position. Or, like, Hotch is, like, standing up in the back of the plane making Hotch face and looking at his phone or something like that. It's just funny. <laughs> I just think it's really on the way back. Like, what are they doing? That's, well, that'll be something fun to keep an eye out for. Yes. Um, so that's the end. That's that episode. Yeah. Um, so Gideon's not dead. No one's dead. Not uh, yet, anyway. And, and the, this nope. is the first episode of the series thus far to end without Gideon's life in peril. Yes, that's true. Although I'm sure no one's life is in peril. Next episode, we learned that there was like a plane crash. I constantly think about the plane crashing. Yeah, that's uh, like gonna happen. It, yeah. So the next episode is called "Won't Get Fooled Again." Right. Um, and it's about electoral politics, I can only presume. <laughs> um, I think I think it has something oh, I think we're about to learn more about what happened in Boston with Gideon. Oh nice. Which they took a break that's from. Exciting. But I think they're about to return to that. Um, yeah, it's yeah, interesting the uh, like the long arcs they've set up, like what the whatever the deal is with the footpath killer, although I guess he's caught now, so that's over. Yeah. Um, and uh, what it is that happened in Boston, and uh, whether or not Reed will ever beat Gideon in chess. Oh, uh, and, uh, Morgan and Garcia are ever going to fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, truly don't spoil it for me, but I really deep down want to believe that they will fuck, and maybe not even in that long from now. Mm. I'm not saying anything. I'm being a responsible, a responsible viewer and not, not spoiling it for, for people who, also, are, who are in this. I'm really excited to find out where Garcia, like, is. Like, they only oh, have reached yeah. her by phone so far. So, like, as far as I know, she's in, like, you know, Bangalore. <laughs> Sometimes I think she's in Dick Cheney's bunker. Like she what she wants. Do they never explain where Garcia? Do we never go to her place? Oh no, we do. We do. Okay. Yeah. No, Garcia is like uh, she's my baby moon star angel. Um, oh. Yeah, we're gonna we're, you find out a lot about Garcia. Yeah. Yes. Do not worry. Okay. Um. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, I'm Harry. I'm Chanel. 
Uh, you can find us at UnsubPod on Twitter, and we'll be back at you soon with more Criminal Minds and uh, Unsub. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Bye forever. <laughs>